Hello, everybody. It's Graham Cove with another My Music. It's Friday. Yes, the end of the week. So we're all happy. We're all rushing out to Bandcamp and various other places to spend all of our money. One of the places you want to be spending your money, of course, is the wonderful Analog Trash. Um, and you could join, if you like, their supporters club. All you need to do is watch this and then we'll tell you how. So there you have it, uh, a myriad of different music there available to you for as little as four ninety nine a month, in which case you can download to your heart's content. Um, if you like the physical package, you pay just a little bit more and you would also get one of these, a lovely analog trash supporters card, which enables you to get discounts off of entry tickets to, to gigs and merchandise as well. What more could you possibly want? Go fill your boots with as much music as possible. Because uh, let's face it, musicians need all the help that they can get. And here's one right right now on cue, uh, on Analog Trash as well. It's the wonderful Scott from Deaf Boy. How are you, sir? Good, thank you, mate. It's been a, it's been a hectic week, but uh, we, we got to the end and nobody's died. So uh, looking all right. I, what I what I really like, I always like people's uh, scenery in the background. Uh, you're and you've you're you're no exception. You've you've got a wonderful uh, array of stuff there. But what I particularly like is the way that you've you've shown that you've got uh, items that don't actually fit in the boxes. <laughs> <laughs> Which it's, is, uh, it's an ongoing battle. Um, oh, over, over the last year, I let the studio sort of. Um, I, I went for a rewire that was much needed and then I got interrupted by life and it was almost mm. not functional. And it's uh, an unusual thing for me to go for a period of time without a functioning studio, but life was busy. Um, and then I, I kind of had to grip my teeth and go, we've just signed to analog trash. I really need to fix this. So you see things about 50% through uh, an entire rewire. Um, part of it's neater than it was. A lot of it is not quite fitting in the boxes as you correctly say, but. And the you seem like a lot of people that are in, interested in electronic music uh, to enjoy your gadgets, as it were. Um, yeah, I mean that's where it starts, isn't it? Uh, you know, it's as, it's as much about fiddling with wires as it is about uh, as it's about the making of the music. What what first got you into sort of electronic music? What what were you listening to years ago, which uh, which sort of tickled your fancy, as it were? <laughs> I think I kind of didn't have a much of an option. My um, my dad was uh, a DJ for the vast majority of his life, um, and that led to him walking in some day when I was like seven or something, and he'd put the decks out um, but not connected the wires, and he came in and I got everything plugged in and the and the wheels turning and and the lights on, um, and. I, I suppose that that sort of exposure on a daily basis to technology um, and his his own uh, musical preferences definitely lean into the electronic. And so that was 
mid 80s ish when obviously there's a lot of great electronic music coming out at the time um he uh was and still is wildly into gary newman took me to my first newman gig when i was about seven as well um so it was surrounded exposure and um it took me a long time to get into non-electronic music i suppose one of my uh other favorites as a kid was the pet shop boys um my, and still adore them watched them in uh concert last year um this was in fact the first time i'd ever seen them live having spent 30 wow. odd years listening to them um and they're, they're also they're uh, musically they're, they're actually a big influence on the way that i write things because i learned to play synth playing Pet Shop Boys songs. And their first couple of albums, they had a lot of A minor and D minor in them. And that's mostly white notes. And that was good for a, a 10 year old Scott to, to start to learn stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah. And that stuck with me, but I was I was moderately allergic to guitars for the first half of my life. Um, when just a, a bit before I went to uni, I think people were uh, sort of turning me on to grunge and Nirvana was doing their thing um and I, I decided that guitars might not be the worst thing in the world um and then at university i started to go to the uh goth gigs uh, alternative gigs as well as going to drum and bass gigs um mm. but definitely that kind of music sort of slid un under my uh, my radar and um around that time as well i mean the prods were doing great guns and they're a huge influence on what we do. Nine Inch Nails are doing great guns. And, I was going to say, yeah. Enormous. Uh, but also a, an absolutely iconic uh, item in my past was the uh, the Spawn album uh, soundtrack with the fantastic combinations of artists that you'd never imagine you get on the same CD one-on-one -on -one with each other. Um, yeah, just some fantastic sort of pair-ups. And they balance both the uh dirgy guitar music with fantastic uh electronic and samples and breakbeats and torn apart from that album uh josh wink and stabbing westwards was the track that made me go i need to make this kind of music and um, uh, that was the the light bulb moment of that was the, I think, the new, new thing actually yeah and i was writing music before that but it was almost exclusively rave music because i rave in sort of 90 through 94 before it sort of petered out was very much when i was in my 13 through uh uh 17 18 sort of stage so that was what i liked then and i wrote a load um on my old commodore amiga as it goes mm. um and then sort of got uh stolen away by the industrial fairies well you you mentioned earlier you know you said that uh, that the Pet Shop Boys, in the way, influenced the way that you wrote music as well. What, what, where's your starting point typically? I mean, do do you typically sort of start with with a drum pattern? Do you do typically start it's, with a chord pattern? It's it's an interesting one. I um, it very much varies. Uh, I I ninety nine percent of the time it is a sit down and see what comes out rather than sit down with a plan. Um, very occasionally, I can probably think of about three times I've been sat on the train on the commute home back when that was a thing, um, before the event, um, and I'd have it all lined up and was desperately trying to not forget the bloody ideas and rolling it over in my brain until I got to the sequencer and bosh it out as soon as I could. But most times I will sit down and I'll, I'll dial up one or two of my favourite plugins, um, and that might be uh, uh, analog sound in bass synth. I like to, I like writing synth bass um it might be i've bought a new synth and i'm definitely going to have a crack on it today so i switch it on and i start noodling in that 
Um, but I absolutely love drum programming, particularly breakbeat programming. So also sometimes I sit down and go, I've got this pattern in my head um, or that breakbeat. I haven't used that in a bit and it's nice and chunky and I've put it through this effect. That now, And that says to me what needs to come next. The, whatever the first thing is, once it's not a blank sheet, for me, my brain suggests the next thing layer by layer each thing sort of inspires the next one that comes down and then when you've got a stack of them you can start to broaden it out that's yeah. kind of the process but you do work you do work with vocals as well and the, the thing is yeah. that whenever an electronic artist sort of veers away from it being purely kind of instrumental and and you start to work with vocals same actually for a, a, a kind of any genre of music in a way once you get a vocalist in there do you then actually then work back the other way? Do you uh, once you've got structure and then the vocals start to to go into that? And I presume they're quite often they're fairly late on. You know, you've got most of a track and then then the vocals. But do you then find once the the vocals come in, you then start to play around with what's already there because the yep. the vocals have you know kind of determined that well that that actually doesn't sound right there anymore. So I think that's pretty accurate. Yeah. Um... Again, very rare occurrence. I might actually have the vocals in my head and I would slap down like just a metronomic beat. Um, maybe sort of stick uh, some chords, some pads uh, or a bass line under it. <clears throat> um, sing a test version of, and it might just be a chorus because uh, sometimes the whole uh, vocal part hasn't really blossomed, but you've got a really catchy two bars worth. Um, and as yeah, you you rightly say, and it, it definitely that is a good description. That once I have sat down at least a few verse choruses, then I start to revisit what's under it because actually the the, the narrative suggests that there might be a natural pause here. If there's a narrative, sometimes I'm just shouting abuse at the stars, um, but sometimes, <laughs> sometimes there's a story in there, and there's actually it, it goes like, oh, there should be a, a bit of a breakdown or a quiet bit because it's all touchy feely, and then it's going to get shouty again. Um, I, and I am relatively verse chorus. I, I'm not one of your elaborate um, structuralists, I suppose. Um, and also because I come from a loop-based uh, background in terms of like rave music and, and drum and bass, etc. Sometimes I don't have choruses. It's just there's like three slightly longer verses, and the the under underpinning sort of melody and chord structure doesn't necessarily change because it's more of a a dance sensibility than a yeah it's more it's a groove in a way isn't it yeah yeah it's yeah. it's yeah it's almost something that just carries through throughout and you know uh it just comes in and repeats itself but repeats itself in a different way and then, and then back out again etc now you've got a partner in crime in all of this um how did how did you kind of meet and what what uh you know what does he bring to the equation as well he is um, both a beautiful human being and the longest, uh, he's a musician that has managed to not run away from me for the longest period of time. So this is Adam, uh, who is uh, originally the bass player. Um, and there's a, a mild bit of story about that. Um, the original incarnation of Death Boy as a live act came when we were on Wasp Factory Records and with something like two weeks to spare, um, 
the the guys that ran the label contacted us and said, did you ever get around to making that live band? Um, and I went, no, we had a few meetups and played with some things, but not in earnest. And so they said, well, we've had a slot drop out a, a gig at, upstairs at the garage. Um, and we'd very much like you to do it. Do you reckon you can pull it off? So we went from the few sort of initial meetings where we chucked a few ideas about to, we've got to make this happen. Um, and we got two weeks. Uh, I think I took one of those weeks off work to just focus on it. And we got everybody around the house as often as possible. Um, Adam delightfully was brought with a friend of mine and she was the person that i was assuming was going to be our bass player she rocks up having brought adam with her and basically goes oh i don't know if i'm so into this after all and adam goes well i'd like to do it so uh she basically brought her own replacement um which is very kind of her that's an interesting so, way of going about it <laughs> and, yeah. and we we gelled and at the time we had two guitarists a drummer um, I think that was the original configuration and, and Adam. Um, the band has grown and shrunk and mostly shrunk over the years as, as we've got older and life and family and jobs and everything have uh, kind of intervened. Um, Adam stuck with me, bless him. Um, we were musically, when we sit down, it's one of those situations where I don't have to say too much. Um, we do have quite disparate influences, but if I lay something down, he'll just go, I think I've got this. And then what he plays is what was in my mind. And I I haven't said to him, attack it this way, which yeah. is quite simple, which is a, it's a nice thing. Uh, for, for people that haven't yet listened to your music, obviously that, that the whole purpose of these conversations is that people get to know the interesting people behind the music and then, you know, go and investigate the music for it, for itself. But, um, you know, for anybody that hasn't yet heard Deaf Boy, how would you describe your music? The more common tracks from the history, because we've been going a while and I tend to write um, one to two albums worth of material per year and I have done for the last 10 or so years. So there's a lot out there. Um, the the greater part of the body of work, if, if that's a term that applies to our rubbish, um, would be, or at least we aim for, somewhere that is between Nine Inch Nails and, and The Prodigy. Whether we hit the mark with that, varies according to the day, the waxing and waning of caribou populations and how much vodka I've had. Um, sometimes we do sound exactly like that. Sometimes something comes out that's very different. Um, mm. The two, the two uh, existing commercial albums that we have are definitely in that vein. Um, but of the other stuff that I write, it varies from at one end drone music with just the kind of thing that you might like to listen to to get asleep to, because I actually literally do that. Um, through to um, some, I, I used to like like 90s Gabba. So there's some very ferocious um, sort of almost breakcore level, um, co complex, fast, energetic beats. Um, and I also, like I say, I come from a club background. So some, some things are kind of unabashed trance tracks. Um, there is a good, there's a good, uh, but what we tend to move around is break beats with nice fat bass lines. Um, I've also, a huge love of my life is Trip Hop. Um, we were even lucky enough to support Tricky way back. Um, oh, right, yeah. Um, yeah, that was an experience. Um, and I think as I've become older and less furious, then the tendency has been towards industrial Trip Hop, if you will. Mm -hmm. So um, a slightly slower tempo, still some ferocity, but not. we're not trying to smash your ears in with every track um, or, or, you know, scream the world into to a better shape. Um, yeah, slightly. I'd 
I'd hesitate to use the word mature, but possibly slightly more mature as I'm now uh, in my 40s and Death Boy is a considerably uh, worse moniker than it was when I was a teenager. Well, the, the, the stuff that I've heard so far that, you, that you're releasing on Analog Trash, I mean, that that to me, you know, I mean, there's there's some pop elements to it. There's some pop sensibility to it, but it's so certainly sonically challenging to some extent which i think is no in a not in a nice way because actually there's there's uh there's elements to it where the listener will need to actually let go of of certain pop sensibilities and go well that oh actually i need to you know i'm, I'm gonna need to listen to this two or three times i, I mean it, would you say that's fair enough i mean you're, you're trying to you're trying to make the listener but you're challenging the listener, I think, in terms of what they might be used to sound-wise. We definitely, like I, I don't steer towards a template that that would be, you know, there's, there's a, a number of sort of pop templates, for instance, um, and I've tried my hand at doing that on purpose, and it just makes me feel icky. <laughs> so if, mm. I, if I write something with a poppy vibe, it might not have been deliberate, um, but they sometimes exist. But... I definitely don't sort of feel as though I need to um, stick to an expectation because it is, um, it's still, after all these years, all about self-expression rather than um, writing to the audience, I think, or writing to an audience. I think that the, the time when we most attempted to write to an audience was within the first sort of four or five years of uh of death boy as a as a live concern and we knew that when people went to a gig the kind of thing that they'd like to listen to and i think that our second album end of an era was like the zenith of that um but at the same time what i was writing at home was not to an or the audience and mm -hmm. i realized that we needed to shook off the expectation that basically don't give a toss about what people are expecting and, and write the thing that comes out of your, your fingers and, and your, your vocal cords. Um, it is much more what feels right than what we think people would be expecting from us. Yeah. So that if, if people are listening, don't expect, um, you know, Coldplay type vocals on, on any of this. Because um, <laughs> no, you, you're not, that's that's not your style, no. uh, is it, Scott? So, I mean, in, in, in terms of the vocals, do you feel like you're, do you feel like you're, you're try, trying to push on your vocals now as well um i'm not trying to of... get better i i um i am not uh, i was described uh, charitably at the time by one of the guys from wasp factory as a man who can't sing but needs to sing um <laughs> which was pretty bloody accurate to be honest um and i think that where my voice is uh, these days is the result of having made having actually sung on stuff for best part of a few decades and and i've i've got better in it it's uh yeah. My my primary instrument is to to rob from uh, Brian Eno is the studio. Um, the next might be the the synth because I, I grew up playing piano and playing on synthesizers. Vocals a, a distant third and guitar an even more distant fourth. Um, and I also very much enjoy collaborating with actually talented vocalists because I can absolutely support them with a decent melody. Um, yeah. It's a, it's a weird and pleasant surprise when somebody actually does say, Scott, could you sing for us? Because that's, that isn't where I see my direct strength. I think 
I'm, I'm more authenticity than I am note hitting. Yeah, well, the, but the, there's 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 something in that though, isn't there? I, I can't remember what Tracy Form calls them in her book. Um, there's the, oh, I've got to one read of the book. Yeah, them. one one of the books that she's written is all about singers and um and and the act of singing itself and I, whether i whether she calls them sort of anti-singers or something like that um and uh you know i'm she very unkindly or kindly depends which way you look at it uh puts people like um christian hirsch in there um who actually i think has got a tremendous voice because it's full of life and yeah. and and that's 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 the thing isn't it i think there are, there's a, a lot of people that you know are never going to win x factor thank god um, but, uh, <laughs> you know, or, or any of these TV talent shows because they, they, they can't do the acrobatics and, you know, hit a million notes in a, a million miles an hour. But ultimately, their, their voice can tell a story yep. um, and, and has personality to it. And, you know, um, you've only got to look at people like Robert Smith. I mean, you know, which, <laughs> he's never going to win. He's never going to win a singing competition, but ultimately I could listen to him sing the, the, the direct, the telephone directory any day of the week. Absolutely. So, you know, I, I think it's, uh, I think it's fine. I think it, I think it's, I think it's good to, uh, I, I think it's good to have that variety. And I think it's, I think it challenges the, as I say, I think it challenges the, the listener sometimes as well, but we're so used to saccharine really over the top auto tuned yeah. voices that are so damn perfect these days that it's it's yeah. really nice when we actually hear a, a, a voice that is well traveled should we say that that's that's it well lived like, well lived I'll, in i'm gonna keep that one um it's a funny one actually because um as i i mean I, I have been a software dev for much of my life so i'm a very technical music maker um used to create stuff back on the atari st back in the Crikey, when that would that have been late 80s, I suppose. It wasn't very good, but I was using it. Um, <laughs> and so I understand and do use tools like uh, Autotune and Melodyne. Um, but I'm very much of the the lightest touch is the best touch for those things. If if the person listening can't tell that there's been a little tickling of Autotune and maybe it rescued three notes that I didn't quite nail, then that's how I think it should be used. Um, there's one in note. There's one note at the start of one of my favourite tracks of mine, where I can bloody hear that I did tune the buggery out of it, and I hear it every single time and regret it because it went to CD. I, I didn't. It didn't quite make me remove it or re-sing it. And every time I open with that sound, I'm like, Ugh, that was an obvious yeah. one. Um, and I, I can accept the aesthetic as well when somebody uh, cranks those tools up to maximum. Um, I like it in hip hop tracks where you've got the, and it's not auto tune, right? It's um, uh, the names escape me, but it's a similar thing. And you, you're, just, you're singing the melody, uh, but the, the synth formant is actually it's like modulation, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly right. Um, and that as an aesthetic is perfectly fine. It's when you know that the person that's standing there and opening their mouth isn't really emitting those tones whatsoever, um, but wants to convey that they are. They want you to think that they are bloody amazing. And then if you heard the side desk recording, you go, oh, God, they can't sing a bloody note, can they? <laughs> um, the dishonesty of that pisses me off. Um, yeah. So uh, I'd rather be on the honest and less adulterated side. Um, the options are there. Um, vocoder was what I was trying to think of. And, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I'm going to be doing some work this evening and I've got a line in my head and I'm like, oh, I might break out the old vocoder. Well, that isn't to make me sound like I'm on point with the note. That's to make me sound robotic like an instrument. instrument. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and that's that's exactly that. That's absolutely fine. When when you start to use a vocal, maybe more as an instrument, or as a you know part of a melody line, that's a, an instrument within the track, as opposed to you know a, a vocal, a normal vocal melody. I think that I think that's absolutely fine. You know, um, and I'm I'm all for sort of playing with vocals all over the place, but. I think it's it's nice to have kind of a genuine a genuine voice in there sometimes as well. That's just you know just rough for what it is. You know that's that's yeah. that's, that's that's absolutely fine. It, it's, like it doesn't make people dislike punk or or dislike a band like Nirvana when you know Cobain's voice wasn't necessarily up to scratch all the time, but it definitely grabbed you by the throat and, and shook you around a bit and delivered a message. It, yeah. it connected with you in a in a very human way and. So what if there were bum notes in there? It really doesn't matter to me at all. I'm going to leave you on that, actually. How important is the message to you still? I mean, you know, I feel from reading sort of material about you, you know, I've only just met you, but that it's really important, the kind of message element of the song, getting getting some kind of, you know, agenda out there into the world. I hope that it has meaning to the the people that listen to it um but i am very keen that um to not sort of if anybody said like uh, oh it, your your song that you wrote i love it because it means this and and i knew that it didn't mean that um i would be very happy to not disabuse them of whatever it was that grabbed them about that um and i think that the the height for me which i don't know how often i achieve it but i've been lucky enough to have some people tell me that a track of mine connected this way is if somebody says that you articulated something that they couldn't articulate so it resonates and they knew that message but they couldn't have got it out of their mouth if they tried and by listening to it that resolves it for them and they can go that's what i was trying to bloody say and that kind of moment that typifies the musicians whose work i adore and have made the greatest sort of world-shaking moments for me and if i can write the odd track like that then jobs are good do you know what? Uh, I totally agree with that. I mean, that's fundamentally what I I do in my day job, day in day out as well. I I, I take I take clients on the journey in terms of their story and help them get their story out there because it's you know everybody's got a wonderful story. Yep. You know, um, in a way, you know, there's there's hundreds of millions of you out there who are rock stars. You're just not making rock music. Um, <laughs> You know, and that, that's that's the important thing that everybody's got. A, really, anybody that's making a difference in the world or doing something, you, you've you've all got great stories. But sometimes people really struggle to articulate that story or or get that that thing out there. So I think it's a it's a great position to be in if you're helping in some way, shape or form to articulate what others struggling to articulate i think that's that is a wonderful privilege to be in in life so uh yeah i totally agree with you scott it's been a pleasure um you know i must uh come around there sometime and and, and play on all of those sims that, that that looks like hours and hours of fun um well yeah, yeah. there's, there's know, a, a small amount of space but it, it'll fit too so yeah can we, can we get another one in nice yeah. i've got one of those in red <laughs> <laughs> We, we can always squeeze another one in, can't we? Um, 
It's been a pleasure uh, speaking to you today. Now, if people want to get hold of uh, Deaf Boy Music, they've now just signed to the wonderful over there, Analog Trash. Analog Trash. Uh, so that, you know, go to analogtrash.com. You will find a whole page uh, designated to Deaf Boy, and you can listen to some of the music there, and then you can go and purchase it for real money. Um, or, you can, <laughs> or you can sign up <laughs> real money. Real money. Just listening or, is fine, but but money's lovely because there's yeah. more sense for me to buy. Oh yeah, exactly. Or you can or you can sign up, uh, do the whole subscription thing. In which case, you won't just get Deaf Boy music; you'll get lots of other people's music as well. But you know, everybody I gets think a their, sh- their supporter deal is excellent. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, everybody, everybody gets a, a, a little taste of the pie then in that as well. So I think that's a, that's a wonderful thing to do. Um, if not, do you, do you have your own website as well or not? Yep, deathboy.co.uk should kick you off to, to all of our stuff. We've got a band camp, uh, deathboy.bandcamp.com and soundcloud.com forward slash deathboy. Um, and there's a there's a great amount of free stuff. There's a lot of pay what you want. Um, and we've got our previous commercial albums on there as well. So fill your boots. Yeah, fill your boots is absolutely right. That's it, folks, uh, for another My Music. Remember, it is Bandcamp Friday. So, I mean, today's the day. Go, fill your boots. Uh, buy as much music as you possibly could listen to for the whole of the weekend. Uh, annoy all of your uh, other people in the family who are just putting on Taylor Swift on repeat um, and, and play something oh, decent. Um, and that will be great. And then you can come back and blame me because <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> and the rest of your family won't, won't find me. I, I, I'll be hiding on a different planet. Uh, but until next time, Thanks, Scott, for coming and joining me today. This has been my music. Keep listening to some new music out there, folks, because, quite frankly, um, there's some brilliant stuff being produced still. And, uh, you know, anyone that says music's dead, you're wrong. It's you that's dead. Yeah. Bye for now. <laughs>